it's a shame because a lot of parents think if my kid is getting a good education and he's a hard or she's a hardworking student, then they should do well on the SAT. And so some kids, some parents aren't waiting till the last minute for test prep. They're just not seeing the need for it in terms of being a unique skill set. Hi, you're listening to the Zan Tyler Podcast. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make, but one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local HomeWorks consultant. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Zan Tyler podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. Today, I am finishing my amazing interview with Jean Burke, where we are talking about how students can increase their SAT scores and go to college for free. The information she shares is really invaluable, so make sure you share it with your friends as well. Let me take just a minute to ask you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen, and if this podcast has encouraged you, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Every review really helps. We're available on YouTube now and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Now back to Jean. If you missed part one, make sure you listen to it. It's really a treasure trove of information. So I hope you can sit back now and enjoy part two of my conversation with Jean. Okay, here's a question I had never thought of before, Jean, and you and I have been going back and forth um, on some uh, helpful questions for parents. In your opinion, can the SAT, ACT teach students any long-term study skills that enrich them as lifelong learners, even after high school graduation? Yes, what's what's funny about that is because they're logic tests uh, and Test taking is a skill set all, all its own. That's not taught in school. That's why I really would love that homeschoolers would make test taking uh, techniques another class because kids are going to be tested all their life. And mm-hmm. they're not going to be tested on their degree. They're going to be tested right. on their test taking. And so what happens is once you learn how to take an SAT, ACT, then uh, you can use those skills on pretty much any test because almost every standardized test does the same thing. They have one objective, indisputable answer and several distractors. So over the years, people have used my program, not just SAT, ACTs and CLTs and PSATs, but they've used it on the GRE and the, you know, the LSAT, the MCAT, the real estate, the CPA test. Uh, you know, I could tell you tons of stories. Uh, I, one girl, uh, 
and I have fun, fun stories, but this is really a great story. She stopped by my booth in Dallas a couple years ago and she said, Mrs. Burke, I have your program. Um, I did well in the SAT, but I really have a really fun story. And she said uh, she had taken Mandarin one and she wanted to test into Mandarin two. But when she did, she didn't know most of the words. So she just used the college prep genius strategies and tested out as a native Mandarin speaker. Oh, wow. Because it's amazing. It is. And I could tell you many, many stories. But here's the thing. You, the, the test makers don't have anything new. And test taking, they're almost all going to do the same thing. So those skills go beyond that. If you're a nurse or an engineer, you may get tested for certifications every six months. And they're not going to test you on your degree. They're going to test you on your critical thinking skills and how well you can answer questions under pressure in a short amount of time. Because you know everybody at your job is not your same age and have different backgrounds and different comes from different places, and so they'll test you on your critical thinking. Even tests like the Hobby Lobby test or Home Depot—they're just mm -hmm, logic tests. Mm -hmm. And okay. so that's why test taking is so important. And the great thing for homeschoolers—you can make it an elective on your transcript. Oh, really? And so it, yes, you can. You can if you do it in a semester, you give them a half a credit or a full year. And what you can is give the them credit, credit called, Jean, when you do that? an elective okay just in, i mean what but what do you name it do you take name so, it test taking strategies or yeah test taking skills i've had people name it test taking skills test prep test logic skills <clears throat> set prep act prep so yes so put that on the transcript like that and if you okay. if your kid Boy, if your kids do this in middle school because we have a lot of kids who start early um you can consider an honors class because you started earlier Oh, okay. Oh, that's great. And, and you know, that, that is so helpful to know that you're learning a skill that's really going to help you the rest of your life. Um, well, even kids who go to, well, let me tell you something too. If your kids go into a trade school, they're going to test you for certifications. If you're going to go into the military, they're going to test you on the ASVAB, which that's right. many people have, people have used my program on the ASVAB. Oh, really? Because Joe and I did an army educators tour last June and it was where the military asked 40 educators from around the country to come in and we were there representing homeschooling and they were talking about how you know enrollment in all of the mil all the armed forces are down the armed services are down right now and one of the reasons is that most of the kids in public school or a large majority aren't passing the ASFAB and homeschoolers are doing quite well on it, um, evidently. And so that that's interesting to know that this will even help you with, it, with the ASVAB test. Well, test taking skills are not taught in school. It is a completely different skill set. This is why you've got these valedictorians who bomb it. And these are smart kids. And the GPA doesn't reflect the test scores. And so I can see that why that happens. A lot of schools I teach in, in public and private, my program, uh, my student body is made up of the top 10% of the school. So these are smart kids, honor kids, AP kids. And, uh, but they approach these tests like a normal test, which is the wrong way to do it. Every question can be answered in 30 seconds or less. Once you understand the recurring patterns, you practice and, you know, it, it's not instant success. You know, you can't shortcut the shortcut, uh, but you get good and then you get fast. Oh, that's interesting. So what you're telling me is that even kids with good study habits and study skills can can bomb the SAT or ACT. 
hundred percent. Because if you don't know how the test is written, then you're just going to think it's about your IQ or how smart you are or what you learn in school. And so you look at the question and you will read it and you will more than likely fall for the trick answers because it's designed to trick the students. But we teach you don't look for the right answer like you would at school. You eliminate the wrong answers first because they use the same tricks on every test. There are no, there are new, no new questions because the standardized test has standardized questions and standardized answers Interesting. Okay. Well, that is so good to know. Um, so some teens have test anxiety. What can, um, and that can be a huge obstacle to success. What can you do about that? Yes. You know, I don't think you totally get a hundred percent away from text, test anxiety. You might can manage the anxiety, but I think the key is the more familiar you are with the test, the more you internalize information, so that you can solidify it and apply it appropriately. So lots of practice, the correct way, taking, you know, once you understand the strategies, taking full-length tests, uh, time test to, uh, to get your confidence up. And then, because mm -hmm. you practice like you play. And if you practice the, the same way the real test is going to be, then there's no surprises when you get to the test. So gotcha. definitely you don't want to put all your eggs into one basket. You know, a lot of people wait till just the test really counts and they go take it. Um, and then they probably won't do as well as they should. So you should be taking it many times. You know, the, the pro golfer doesn't just show up on the day of the masters, you know, hoping he's going to do well. He right. has been on that course many, many times over many months and years. And then when he does qualify for the masters, he knows the course very, very well. Okay. Wow. That's helpful. So tell me about tests like the GRE and the LSAT. Um, do people need to get different test prep for that? Or does this help them enough that they don't or? Well, that's a really good question. I don't have a GRE or LSAT program yet. Um, it's on my list of things to do. Uh, I'm always creating some new product, but um, many people have used the programs. Well, let me tell you the GRE is made by the college board. So the same okay. people make the SAT, make the GRE. Um, okay. So my son, my son got numerous rights to law school based full rides based on his LSAT score. My daughter on her GRE got, got free ride offers um, because it's, again, it goes back to test taking is a skill that if you learn that it's just logic and how to approach it the correct way, then you can use those skills for so many different tests. So what is the difference Okay, Caleb, we may or may not keep this question. I'm just putting this in here. What is the difference in your test prep and something like Kaplan's test prep? Oh, well, that's a really good question. So first of all, I never say anything bad about another company, but what I will tell you about the difference between my program and our success rate, we have kids who've raised their SAT as high as 700 points, ACT 11 points. A lot of our students are top 1% on the CLT and have become national merit scholars, even gone to Ivy Leagues for free, is because we, we teach you the right way to do it at the right time with the right prep. Okay. A lot of companies, including the name brand companies, what they do is they teach your student content, like more math concepts, thousands of vocabulary words, you know, lots of grammar. And so they're just reaching right. high school over again, which is not how mm -hmm. you, that's not how you take a logic test. If you, right. if you take that's a history right. test, you study history. If you, if you take a geography test, you study geography. If you're going to take a logic test, you take the, you study the logical patterns. 
And that's why we've had such great success over the years because of the fact that we teach the kids the right thing and not waste their time. We get people who've spent thousands and thousands. Even I've seen one, one person was $10,000 for private tutoring and their mm -hmm. score went down. Boy. And, and did they see their score come up with you? Or do you, you know what, on that particular student, I don't know. We get so many testimonials back. I, right. That right, was when I okay. was taught in Delaware years ago. I've had, I had a lady call me and she said our prep costs like $7,000 and their score went up 10 points on the SAT. Wow. Which is yes. basically one more right question. But we have lots of testimonials. We have tens of thousands of written testimonials and we got numerous amounts of video testimonials on my website. So people once, okay. you know, they, you know, sometimes it's hard to get testimonials back because people don't want to be on camera. Um, yeah, that's, that's why right. I do a lot of video. With, right. at, on, at the conference, if somebody jumps by a booth, like just this last weekend in Arizona, had several people come by and say uh, how their scores went up hundreds of points or they got all this scholarship money. And so I videotaped them right there because I know they, they, they couldn't escape. I was like, you're not leaving here to give me a testimonial. I will hunt <laughs> you down. But no, um, because I have a lot of people who do promise me testimonials and never get back with me. Right. Well, boy, this is all pretty amazing. Um, so tell us briefly about kids in other countries, because uh, I'm assuming they have to take the SAT and the ACT in English to get into American colleges and universities. And, and I think about Puerto Rico, you know, our territory, but Spanish is obviously um, the predominant language. What do, what do these kids do? So I've taught in several countries, including Puerto Rico, uh, mainland China, Hong Kong, Thailand, India. And so in America, we have 17 of the top 20 colleges. And so we have people vying to come here all the time. And of course you mm -hmm. have to take an SAT or ACT and you have to mm -hmm. do it in English it is not mm -hmm. administered in any other language. And okay. so they still have to do that for entrance as well as money. So um, a lot of, the, depending on the country, uh, you have to take the, the test at like an international school. Uh, if you're not okay. international school, sometimes you have to go to a different country to, to take the test. Okay. Um, so tell us, Jean, what the content is on the test like, you know, is it algebra one and geometry or what are the limits, I guess, in terms of what they're testing? So in the reading section, for example, so both SET, ACT, PSET and CLT have three sections, uh, okay. the reading, the writing language or English section, grammar section, the math section, and then the ACT has what's called a quote unquote science section. And so, which by the way, you don't have to know one iota of scientific knowledge to ace the science section. It's just critical okay, reading like the SAT okay. reading section. Okay. But the, the thing about, for example, the reading section on the SAT right now has five different types of questions and they're all answered differently. So a lot of students will approach them like English class and read the passage and then look for the answer, which more likely they'll fall for the trick answers. So you have to know the five different types of questions, how to reorder them correctly because they're out of order um, and answer them uh, the way they're supposed to be answered. And then they have the um, the writing and language, which is, or English section, is where you, you're given only anywhere between 36 to 47 seconds per question, plus several okay. passages to read. So logistically you can't do it. So, but most questions can be answered in about 10 seconds once you know the patterns. Um, and then there's okay. the math or quantitative reasoning 
where you basically you have algebra one, algebra two, a little geometry, and there's usually about two trig questions on the test. Okay. And so okay. as long as you know basic SOHCAHTOA, you're going to be fine. Okay. Okay. Interesting. What about vocab? Vocabulary. So that is a myth. That is a myth that you need to know okay. vocabulary to do to do well. And I'll tell you why. It's not a content test. There's 171,000 words in the dictionary. And what if a student, and this is why a lot of companies will teach kids thousands of words, uh, but what if you studied 5,000 words and not one single one of them was on the test? Which is possible. Because only the test makers, mm -hmm. very possible, because only mm -hmm. the test makers know which test will be on there, which words will be on there. So I love vocabulary. I think it's a great to learn it because you're going to uh it's going to you know uh, help your writing and your speaking ability and when you get to college all right. you do is write papers so you need you need an arsenal of words to be able to do that um but not for the test you know and, and we teach you like you know if you know some basic latin and some pre prefixes and suffixes which we have in our book um that can pretty much help you figure out pretty much any question in context okay well wow that's great Okay, so what piece of advice would you give parents and students right now about what, when and how they should start preparing? So one of the things about preparing for these tests is number one, knowing that they're beatable, that they're not, they're not about your curriculum because a lot of, you know, as homeschooling parents, we often think we're not getting enough for our kids, uh, but it's not about that. It, you know, it's it's about understanding that it's just a logic critical thinking test and that it can be beat by just learning the recurring patterns and, and practicing. But one of the things is start early. You can't get time back. And, okay. you know, the, I, one of the things I tell families is, are you on par with test prep? And par being an acronym, the P being proactive. If those are the my families who start early they don't wait their kids are early and maybe they're in middle school and it's kind of like fire prevention you know the being mm -hmm. proactive is where you have the smoke alarms and their batteries are changed and you've got an escape plan um same thing with prep uh then we have the active these okay, are the families right, who kind of just let me back up and just ask you a question on this for seventh graders will your questions be different on your test prep than you would for 10th graders no, not at all. It's the same SAT okay. that the seventh graders and okay. the 10th graders would take. So, okay. and, and I've got seventh graders who score higher than seniors. So, okay. and they haven't even been to high school yet. Okay. So it is doable for, for these seventh and eighth graders. It's really doable. Absolutely. And it also sets them up for like talent searches, like Johns Hopkins and Northwestern and Rocky Mountain, because if you can, if you qualify for one of those, which is not hard to do, you can, you take the SAT as a seventh grader or ACT. And what that does, that opens up doors to get your name in the paper, state recognition, you get a big award ceremony. And it's something very prestigious to put on your transcript, but it also puts you on the radar of colleges because they see that your child was focused and mature at a young age, you know, and then on another part of being on par with test prep is more of most people in that do my program. And those are the active. Those are the people who kind of notice that there's a fire at the back of the house and now they're calling 911 thinking, mm -hmm. oh, gee, we need some help here. Um, and then you have your reactive. These are where the people wait till the very last second. They've done any, nothing. They're scrambling. It's like they're running out the door on and their house is engulfed in flame and they're running out the door screaming. Um, so being on par with test prep means 
you know, it is important to start early. And, but if you have a student, if some of your audience have students that are waiting to the last minute, there's hope. There's total hope. Um, there's SAT is offered seven times a year, ACT seven times, and the CLT 11 times. So they have plenty of opportunities to get the score high, to get that big scholarship money. Okay. All right. That is, that is so interesting. And that's really interesting about the seventh graders. So just to be clear, because we sort of ran into this discussion of it, seventh graders can take the SAT and ACT or just the SAT? No, Both either. Or, okay. There, there's, and, yeah. There, no, there's no age limit. Okay. But when seventh graders take it, it makes them eligible for things like the Duke TIP program or things that are only... Right. It, um, only seventh grade oriented. Okay. Okay. Exactly. And Unfortunately, the Duke Tip stopped, they they canceled their program based on COVID, uh, which oh, is they did. very unfortunate. Okay. I didn't. Yes. Yeah. And, I didn't realize. That. You know, I've been promoting it for years. I've been promoting it for years, but there's other ones that give very okay. similar benefits. Okay. Well, you know, Jean, it's a shame because a lot of parents think if my kid is getting a good education and he's a hard or she's a hardworking student, then they should do well on the SAT. And so some kids, some parents aren't waiting till the last minute for te test prep. They're just not seeing the need for it in terms of being a unique skill set like you're talking about. So we need to, to get you know, we, you're, we need to do what you're doing um, when we run homeschooling organizations and other places and just get the word out that this, this will benefit your child um, for the rest of his or her life. And uh, that's, that's pretty powerful. So tell us, is the ACT, I think you said there's a science section, but is the content of it similar to the, AC, the SAT then? It is in terms of it is. what the math requirements to know and yes and and then the ACT math you get five entry choices in, instead of four on the SAT and CLT same thing you're so, but but the ACT gives you less time per question in all the sections okay oh oh really okay all right so um, how do people sign up for these tests I know that the PSAT has been particularly hard for homeschoolers at some point oh absolutely so the so for the SAT uh, you sign up at the collegeboard.org they have a school search section where you put your zip code in it will tell you where the schools are administering in your area ACT the same way, the, the American College Test, ACT.org. Now, the PSAT, you register at the school. And this is why you're talking about that a lot of families, um, homeschooling families are having a hard time. One of the things is you don't have to take the test in your district. So you okay. can just call around or go to some of the other schools. Another thing, too, I, I really encourage homeschooling families and to that their homeschool support group or co-ops, they can uh, apply to be a testing center where all the homeschoolers okay. in the area could come to them as opposed to okay, going to the school. PSAT. Do they have to have their own building yes. or can they rent a facility for that? Now that I'm not sure of, uh, it obviously has to be in a facility, whether you own it or you rent it, that I don't know. Most co-ops are rented, you know, they don't right. own the buildings yeah. anyways, yeah. but yeah, um, something to look into, but it's, it's definitely worth it because of the 
numerous times families have said to me that their local high school was not homeschool friendly. Now that is discrimination. And the college okay. board does say you can sign up for the PSAT. Absolutely. Um, but the schools, you know, they have more of an attitude of, you know, we are the, we are the educators, you know, we know what's better for your child than you do as a parent. And so they, they give you this sort of uh, attitude of, wow. Okay. And then they want right. the kids in and right. they, a lot of them use, well, a lot of them use COVID as, as an excuse the last couple of years, but we're so over that now. And yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so it, and you do apply early, check with this. Once the school starts back up in the fall, then just call, say, I need to come because you go to the school for the PSAT and register. And, you know, I know our organization, Skates, has our own SAT number. Now, that wouldn't apply for the PSAT. So there are things that homeschoolers can do. Um, okay. So when do they need to sign up? I mean, what kind of advance notice, how far in advance do they need to sign up for the SAT, PSAT? And when do you think that the average high school student should start taking these tests? Well, you can sign up for the PSAT at the school when they, when, when the school starts, but some school districts, for example, here in Texas, they start signing up kids in May for the October test on the PSAT. Oh, really? So definitely do your research and your homework. Would that involve calling their school, a school in their district to find out when you have to sign up for that? Absolutely. Or ask your friends too, you know, where did they take the test and you know, what kind of experience did the, did the kids have? Okay. Uh, as far as the SAT and ACT on both their websites, they have registration dates and deadlines and there are also late fees. So just, just go to their okay. sites to find out uh, the upcoming uh, dates that the test will be administered. Okay. And so is it detrimental to take the test too many times? Absolutely not. There's no penalties for taking it. Most colleges are going to super score, which means they're going to take the highest scores from different tests. So a student okay. might get a really great math score on one, better reading on the other. They'll cherry pick them and give them the overall best composite score, which of course is more money. And they want you to keep taking it because that's how they get their rankings. They want the better scores. Okay. So, I mean, a kid could conceivably take it six times and they would take the highest um, language and then the highest yep. math scores. Okay. Yes. And, and, okay. and SAT is unlimited amounts of time and the ACT you can take only 12 times total and then the CLT is unlimited. Although I will say I have never known a student who took it 12 times. <laughs> that seems pretty brutal, doesn't it? <laughs> but not if they've taken your course because then it won't be that daunting. Um, right, so, right. So, so tell us about your course gene and can people take it privately can they take it online do they need how just explain how it all works well when i put my course together it was i never set out to have a, to have a program at all just that people kept asking me and asking me what we did and so it was a lot of like i said a little this and a little that and i had to put together uh, 18 years ago and so the way you can do my course is there's several ways you can, uh, we have an online e-course that's self-paced, self-directed, kind of on-demand videos that you can mm -hmm. do at your own time. It's, an, mm -hmm. it's a whole year access. It's okay. designed for 12 weeks. That's why you can use it as an elective. But my younger students spend several weeks on one lesson. So you can do it. And I have some right. seniors that okay. double up. Um, okay. But it's what's great about it is all your kids can use it. All the kids in the family, you don't have to buy one for every student. Okay. And oh, then that's good to we know. have what's, 
yeah, we're not out to gouge people. That's not, that's not what we're out to do. Right. Um, and right. then we have virtual boot camps. This is where we had to pivot during the lockdowns, or as we call it in Texas, house arrest. Um, and so we had these, uh, my, my teachers actually, um, they, they teach online, but they're live and, and, and you can interact, you can ask questions and they're still doing the same thing. And you still get the e-course as a bonus and the tape classes. So is that and like then we a have Zoom, in-person Zoom classes. course or something? It's like a Zoom. Okay. It is. We do Adobe Connect, but that's like Zoom. It's like right, a classroom right. setting. Okay. Um, and then we have in-person classes uh, that we have taught all over the United States as well as other countries. And these are like boot camps. And so if families say, you know, we, my child would really do well with a live teacher in front of their face, then people can actually host my class by getting okay. a minimum of 10 kids and a okay. place to teach. And then their kids are, their kids are free, free for the class. So they can just contact us and, uh, We'll, we'll give them more information and answer any questions they may have. Okay. Is this like a once a week thing or is it something where if, if your class comes to a town, they can do it in four days or how does that work? So the in-person classes, we do like a two day boot camp. It's really intense. Uh, okay. It's really fun. Um, the kids walk away excited and motivated and confident to, wow, I can do this thing. Now, of course, they probably retain about 10% of what they heard the first time. So right, the real right. work begins after they have the homework, the quizzes, the practice questions. But it's really just to jumpstart their excitement. I, you know, I've okay. done this for 18 years. And I, I walked in and my first question to my students are, how many of you don't want to be here? And I get like these little hands that go, yeah, my mom made me come. <laughs> and... Uh, at the end of the at the day, I ask another question. I say, how many of you learned something today that you did not know before you got here? And I always get 100% of hands. And then I say, how, how many of you are glad you came? 100% of hands. And that's happened every class for 18 years. Well, listen, before we go, let's talk for just a few minutes about scholarship money and how this works. I know you talk about FAFSA, so there are other things they need to do besides have a good test score. So tell us about FAFSA and what parents need to do to start having their kids apply for scholarships. So I go through the whole college prep journey. Um, there's companies that charge lots of money. I, I've met a lady who charges up to $25,000 to teach people the whole college trip journey, but I do all that. Mm -hmm. And most of you can buy that in my books or my, uh, you know, our, my webinars, or, you know, I now have triennial courses as well as some one-on-one -on -one consulting that I do. But the thing about it is most of the money comes from the colleges. There are outside scholarships out there and we have a brand new tool coming out in August called the free degree tool and free stands for uh, financial resource education engine. Um, and it is all about finding hundreds of millions of dollars scholarships and, uh, finding the colleges that will give you full rides. It's just this, something I've been working on for about five years and there's no other tool okay. like it at all ever. It's on a, mem it's a membership site. I really encourage your families to be very careful with going online and registering for those free scholarship websites uh, because what happens is they sell your data immediately. And so okay. you are now, you know, just going to get inundated with not only uh, junk scholarships that are either lotteries or they're unattainable or not relevant to your student, as well as a bunch of loan information. So you gotta be really careful. So um, ours is a membership site and we don't have never sold any information. Um, okay. but th that 
we'll have to do that whole, we'll have to do a whole podcast on that tool itself. It's, okay. it's just amazing. It's just okay. so okay. much, but as far as the money, the scholarships, uh, majority come from the school and the FAFSA is the free application for student aid. And what happens is 80% of families will make one or more mistakes and, and lose out on money. Um, everybody should fill out the FAFSA. Most people think it's because for low income. No, there's free money for everybody. It's a first come first serve basis. If you win the lottery, fill out your FAFSA. For those people who don't know what the FAFSA is, will you tell them real quickly? Will you explain that to them? So the FAFSA is, the, the, the acronym stands for Free Application for Student Aid. And this is something that you fill out in October of your child's senior year. Now this year, because they're, they're streamlining it, it's going to be in December, but then it'll go back to October 1. But the issue is most people either don't fill it out uh, for lots of different reasons or they'll make some mistakes. Um, and of course, I always encourage people fill it out on the day it opens. That's the key because okay. there's a lot of money available for everybody. So there's more than just federal aid. So federal aid is for if it's based on a low income on your AGI, but there's also state aid and institutional aid as well. And so if you don't fill out your FAFSA, then you're not going to be eligible for that money. And it can, it, it's definitely can be some life changing money. Okay. So if grandparents want to help their grandchildren, can they fill out FAFSAs or is it simply for parents? It's, it's for the senior filled out by the parent. Now, grandparents okay. can help in other ways. Uh, for example, let's say they, they can contribute money to like a 529 or they could pay for the student's college in the, like their junior and senior year, because what the FAFSA is based on is what's known as the prior prior taxes. And so if you're, if there's anybody listening that has a sophomore this year, you know, from, you know, January, they're sophomore and then in the fall, they're a, a junior or even next year, their EFC or estimated family contribution is going to be based on that prior, prior year. So this is the year, and this is a whole nother seminar we could talk about, but this is the year that you got to be really careful because this is where all your income is going to be based on how much financial aid you're going to get when your student is a senior. So don't, don't do any kind of like selling big pieces of property or capital you know, gains or 401 re, um, uh, uh, re withdrawing from them or any, like if you guys selling some property, wait till next year. Or if you're going to get like a big bonus this year, then you want to maybe mm -hmm. wait till next year because that will show up on your taxes. And that's going to show that you make way more money than you actually do. So there's a lot of legitimate loopholes that you can okay. do to spend strategically and not get caught up and lose out on a lot of financial aid. So is there, we'll, we'll close with this question because I've kept you way too long, but is there really a free college for just about anyone? Ab absolutely. I've done this for 18 years now and taught tens of thousands of students. And here's the thing. One of the things to, if you, it doesn't matter your income, if you're low income, middle, middle to high, high income, there is anywhere from full tuition up to a full ride and more out there. And it's based on your student stats. We're talking merit now. Certainly, if you're okay. in the low income bracket, you, you can get colleges based on need based and get Pell okay. Grants and and all. But finding the key is to find schools where your students stats are in the 75th percentile. And that's okay. what we teach in my free degree tool. Okay. 
Okay, great. Well, listen, thank you, Jean, for being with us. Tell us how people can find you and where they can buy your courses and your books. So you can come to collegeprepgenius.com and you can click on products and classes and see the e-course, the virtual, and or, or you can contact us if you're interested in hosting a class. Just contact us at info at collegeprepgenius.com. If you're interested in me speaking, like Zan, I love speaking and I speak all over and I love doing it and I've got lots of different topics. So you can contact me as well at that same info at collegeprepgenius.com. Love to come share my, my knowledge with your families. Well, Jean, thank you again. And thank you guys for listening and watching today. I hope this has been helpful. Sometimes it's like drinking water out of a fire hydrant, but it's so important for you to know that your child can go to college without incurring tons of debt. So if you need to watch this podcast a couple of times and then contact Jean. Uh, and don't forget that BJU Press Homeschool is our sponsor. And it's a curriculum that really is based on critical thinking skills, which is so important to have for taking any standardized test. And if you need more information on me, you can find me at zantyler.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Until next time, bye.